you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. Fanboy, baby. There's other Puppet therapy session. It's like the guy, the guy coming in to do the, the group come together thing is in a clown costume. Beginning. That's the first warning. <laughs> and then when he eats the young kid in the yellow, then everything's alliteration. It should be after that. Yeah, which is another Comic Con exclusive. <laughs> They've, they're doing a die cast penny sailboat paper boat. Oh no! And it's blood splattered. And I just got the email, oh, and God. I was just like. Because it's uh, that company that did the tin sign of Gotham City 20 miles that I was really right. tempted to get last right. night. Uh, uh, ooh, what is their Pennywise exclusive? And it's really just the aftermath of Pennywise's murder. And I thought, nope, nope, there's just no place that I can no. put that in good conscience. No, no. no. <laughs> so, hey, we're here at the Seven Stars Bar and Grill in San Jose, California. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And we waited until I could speak before the metal came back up. Uh, so, anyway, we are here, and it is the podcast, and we have a special guest tonight to help us rant, and that is, of course, Drew Campbell. Yes, and producing all this, and, and probably cutting out some of the sounds, the ambient noise that oh, if uh, I only I, could. I, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, Rick Brett Snyder. There we go, and w- this is. Uh, June, oh, I don't know. We're, seventh, we're on a third. Seventh. It's seventh. the seventh. Oh, okay. And we ding, are, ding, ding, ding. it's the evening of, of June 7th. It's a Thursday night. Uh, I keep for, thinking it's Friday. Yeah. I keep wishing. Hold on no, to the dream. We just didn't want to compete with the uh, NBA play, uh, right. finals oh. game last night. So, so Is we that a thing that's happening? It was last night. Oh, we were okay. originally going to do it. It is a thing that was happening. And it was a thing that was blamed for Solo not doing well. You know, in one case it was playoffs. Oh, so, geez. you know, it, yeah. it's all thematic. Yeah. Let's, anyway. Let's, we'll get but that. But I really wanted to come down to Seven Stars Bar and Grill to be discussing this stuff. Before we get to it, of course, just mention that if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And I'm hoping that I will engender some email uh, with this podcast. Indeed, as well, if... Uh, you caught this on your local podcatcher, uh, your favorite podcatcher. You tell them that you liked it, and you feel free to subscribe and tell us that you like it. You can also find us on Facebook, at Fanboy Planet. You can tweet at us at Fanboy Planet, and as well, uh, if you'd like to help defray the cost of hosting Fanboy Planet, you may. Uh, first of all, we talk about something on this podcast this evening, and you'd like to own it for your very self, and you can, and you can't find it at your local brick-and-mortar store. You can use the handy-dandy Amazon link that's on each and every page of Fanboy Planet, which, of course, the podcast is there as well. You can also go to Think Geek and purchase through the ads that are on Fanboy Planet to Think Geek, and we do get a small remuneration for that. Or you can just go to PayPal and donate at editor at fanboyplanet.com. Which, again, is the email address to contact uh, contact us. So, uh, also, if you'd like to 
advertise with us. Is this a week we're going to... Did we have an ad in the time travel? We don't yet, but there, there's going to be a new one coming out uh, next week. Okay, for, so... For so all the fans of our advertisements, yes. hold on until next week. Woo-hoo! Well, that's a cliffhanger. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> so, if you'd like to advertise, uh, give me an email at editor at fanboyplanet.com, and then we should shall discuss some, uh, some terms. Rates. Rates, terms, whatever. Anyway... So, uh, we have Drew here tonight. We've got a lot of news, news, comics news, movie news, TV news. But we have Drew here tonight in particular because the last time we recorded, we were at Baycon. I had seen Solo. Rick had not. And when I contacted Drew uh, Tuesday morning, maybe, I was thinking I would like to have... Drew, come down, and let's all just talk solo because there had also there had been some positive Star Wars news. You had this card game you posted. Drew found some something online about Sabak that involved him, and Drew and I played the card game. Yeah, played yeah. the card game. So we'll I talk about it a little bit. We, we and that was that. cool. Was but first, you know, we're gonna have the vegetables before we have dessert. And oh, are you calling me a vegetable? The, always. Don't in care. the meantime, then. I felt this strong urge, and I knew you would side with me, to call out white, whiny fandom in Star Wars because some terrible things were happening. First, The I scum saw, and villainy? The scum and villainy. First, I saw a tweet from, I, I guess they're a podcast, and I'm sorry. And it's not, I'm not saying that to be dismissive of them. There are so few podcasts that I actually listen to. As Rick sure. well knows, to his chagrin, I barely listen to this one. And... Rebel Force Radio. Yeah. I, I think I was following them on Twitter because I wanted to see what, what, what Star Wars commentary. Interesting. I do like to look on that on Twitter every now and then. Uh, they were somehow mad at some creator. And I think the first tweet I saw was one saying they had contacted Lucasfilm. Right. About what Lucasfilm felt about their creators attacking fans. Right. And so you you pinged me on Facebook and asked me What's what the hell what was that about? All things Star Wars. Right. And I said I, I had no idea. Let so me wasn't look. Was that fun of me to tell you? It was because then, uh, much to my boss's chagrin, I spent the rest of the day <laughs> going down a Twitter rabbit hole. Uh, so easy with no end in sight. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> pull up. Uh, Pull up. We had we had the news a couple of days ago that uh, Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose Tico in The Last Jedi, right. uh, quit Instagram, which at the time I believe was her only social media presence, and uh, so. uh, due to to- the toxic fan base uh, constantly insulting her, death threats, and, and just etc. She has not actually commented that was the reason why. Right. But I do believe we're all making a fairly fair assumption that that is the reason why. Yeah, it is. A, it's absolutely the reason Daisy Ridley left after The Force Awakens came out. Did and she it's get a shame. Doxed? I don't think she got doxxed, but okay. she was definitely. Maybe she did, and that's what was the final straw. Who knows? But, yeah. I mean, there's been, no, there's been no official word from Kelly Marie Tran's camp. Or, or Lucasfilm. There's been lots of support. Mark Hamill oh, yeah. uh, pr- particularly had a, a great course. thing uh, where he basically told all of these people to get a life. And I actually grabbed a screenshot of that and retweeted it myself, uh, quoting the the Shatner. the theoretical fanboys that are like, but 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 he hated TLJ too. I made six videos on YouTube to prove it. And of course, Hamill loves. TLG as much as we do, and and uh, 
doesn't like the toxic uh, fan base. So, which who is likes, who likes the toxic fan base? The, the, they they <laughs> themselves who are in the toxic. Yeah, fan yeah base. they themselves. I mean, this is the Star Wars equivalent of the incels. Um, and, and they, there's probably there's probably a Venn diagram. I was going to say there's probably an overlap, but I mean. It, it, like everything else on the internet, the the loud the the haters are the loudest minority there is, yes. um, because the, the rest of us don't feel the need to spend our lives spend hating. our lives gushing uh, about the stuff oh, we true, love, true, true, true. Um, and they come out and everybody's a critic. It's time. This is since we're here at Seven Stars, where as a result of was it the last time we were here was the Hugo nominations? I think so. Someone critiqued us. Yes, criticized us as. Old white guys who don't read, which yeah, I I, I said, join my Goodreads, please. I, I was offended by the old. Uh, I wasn't by read, but we began the no, I'm kidding. But we but we began the podcast by saying we really hadn't read many of these nominees. The so nominees, this is exciting sorry. to talk about. Didn't mean we hadn't read the authors. Right, exactly, exactly, and and that is coming from someone that is on sort of that. Is it fair? He's not really all. We right. can't. I can't talk about it. Okay, actually. Uh, but there was a criticism that came from that. I don't think it went anywhere. I don't care. I don't know that our reach is big enough to upset anybody any further. Who who has time to be this irritated? Except they're irritating me. And when I started going into it and thinking about it, because I had not. This is also not the first. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this as well. To say this is the same fan base that. Uh, basically drove Jake Lloyd out of the business. And into an institution. And in, I, I did not know the details. They, yes, I saw a meme that had referred to him as drove, drove him insane, but I did not know the details there. I just know that he had had a very terrible time yeah. being bullied. And not his fault. I have never blamed a child for their performance in a film, and I've never blamed any actor for their performances in at least that trilogy. Uh, this is the same fan base that made George Lucas never want to make a movie again. Right. And you now they all want right. him to come back. Right. And why would he? Um, and then, and then this is, this is, these are the same idiots that um, Solo, which underperformed expectations that were overinflated in the first place, it was still the number one movie two weekends in a row. And the Nobody other- else was... It, it's not like it was being beat by jackass or whatever came out the other week right it still was the number one movie just tickets overall are fewer so for everybody for everybody yeah and as the point was there were also a lot of sporting events i've heard i don't know for sure but there I, were. I, sir, there's been a big one i've heard I, well, I heard about that but i but i think there was something else as well that, and okay but, uh, part of the expectation is that people go well they spent x hundreds of millions of dollars on, on all the reshoots and everything. You know, well, yeah, but that doesn't mean the film is going to be that much better than you want it to be. It's, it's because it was it needed reshoots. Well, look, Between its theatrical release, between its home video release, between all the marketing uh, or merchandising and everything going forward, Disney doesn't care. No. They've got this edge. This is a two-hour commercial They've for other shit. they edge yeah. on the edge of the galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Galaxy's Edge coming in a year and a half. and Or a year. A year now, yeah. A year, yeah. But if they hadn't spent that extra money, that would have been a divot that would have been hard to climb out of right. for the next film. So it had, to be a, it had to be a decent film. So they had to spend twice as much as they should have well, spent. Well, I, and I, I would say, I have seen online, and I, 
I can call out, I'm not calling out, identifying the person's Facebook feed in which I saw this was Stephen Libby from Cinema Blend. Uh-huh. Was at, was at Baycon with us last weekend, and he right. was commenting. And there were people commenting on his page who were saying, well, that serves them right because I didn't like The Last Jedi. And that was a moment of, wait a minute, so you're not even judging these film by film? No, right. they're not. And so you're punishing Lucasfilm, right. who, by the way, by your own definition, made the film you whined and claimed you'd wanted to see, and then you didn't go see it. I found I had low expectations. Maria, the bar owner here, was just here saying she went in with low expectations. I'm not as far over the moon over Alden Aaron Reich as you are, but it, it reminds me. you were me. very negative on him. I was very negative on him early. Yeah. Early, before we saw it. Yes, and then I saw it, and I went, no, this is good. This is like... Uh, I will go beyond what I used to say about The Matrix. The Matrix was a movie so good that it didn't matter that Keanu Reeves was in it. And we should, I should clarify that because that sounds really bad. You were not impressed with his prior performances and thinking he was appropriate for the role. Right. Not, that's, neg- that's, not that's, negative that's on him as, that's true. as an actor. I don't think that he pulled some of the things that Harrison Ford did. But on the other hand, for how many years have people mocked Harrison Ford and said he really wasn't that good an actor and then there's that complaint here. It's like he did what he had, what he was hired to do. Right. Alan Ehrenreich did it. He pulled it off. Woody Harrelson's. I, I love just about everybody in that film. I, I yeah. can't think of anything that really bothered me. Harrelson was the one I was worried about because I was thinking, how am oh, I going to look at him and not see? No, he's like cheese. He makes yeah. everything better. Uh, oh, okay. Woody Harrelson. I've never been a big fan of his. I liked him in the movie. Yeah. There, there wasn't a single performance in the film that I had a single problem with I, so I've been one of those Star Wars fans since the original trilogy where Han was everybody wanted to play Luke on the playground I wanted to play Han sure. uh, I don't care about space magic I, I care about <laughs> cantinas and card games and and uh, and, and uh, Corellian ale and uh, droids and, and that's the kind mm-hmm. of stuff so this was my movie I the second they announced it I, I couldn't wait for it and every th- little bit that came out uh, the original shots we saw and stuff the first teaser trailer and everything I was just just vibrating with excitement and it didn't disappoint me at all in fact it went places I'd never expected it to go um, just as far as the, no, the I would hidden references for the diehard fanboys. The fact that Lando calls out all three of the El, uh, El Neal Smith novels. Yes. I, I only caught two. I lost my all three. Head. I was like, and my son was sitting next to me not knowing why. I was going, <laughs> Yeah. And then said, if I find them in the garage, do you want to read them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to be careful because I have first printings. He's like, I know the collected they're novel. older than Star Wars. <laughs> I've got reprints if you the want. If he wants to, stu- the collected edition in one volume is still available on Amazon. Yeah, and I've got yeah, it if you want that. Link in there. Yeah. Anyway, um, but the, the the fact that uh, Emperor Zim's death head was on uh, Dryden yeah. Voss's desk, the the one indie call out that I caught was the the golden, golden. fertility idol yes. from from Raiders of the Lost Ark was there. Um, it was a Sith hologram. The Star Wars show that goes up on uh, the web series. There's it's, a crystal skull? There's a giant crystal skull, but it's actually it's a Han Solo refer- reference, not an Indian reference. The Brian Daly. So yeah, Brian, the Brian Daly. One reference to Brian Daly. I, I had a friend of mine post on Facebook that uh, he, he, he didn't see it opening weekend, but uh, just a few days ago, he posts in, in all caps, I just got back from Brian Daly the movie. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
and he's you know what? dead That's on. That is exactly what you're right. That's and what it felt like. It really did, and because those Brian Daly novels are so much fun, and I love those as a kid. Yeah. I was so glad when they first came out. I was like, I. I read Spur of the Mind, so I was like, yeah, Luke, yeah. I'm with you. Luke and Leanne, that's all right. That's all right. But I want to read more Han Solo. And there it was, and a whole trilogy. And it just, it was it was great. I don't know if we're done complaining about the rest of white fandom. Oh, we can come back to, to, to I, toxic masculinity I, I and fandom. Because look, guys, one, this was the movie that hit on all cylinders and gave every. I feel gave everybody everything they want. They Everybody's complained they wanted. There it is. And take it take it just from the pacing of a movie. No, ignore the fact that it's Star Wars, ignore that it's a prequel, anything. The pacing of the movie and the, the way the story progressed was was perfect. I mean And was, you know, and it is the kind anything? of movie that usually bothers me that I would think it would have uh, Santa Claus is coming to town syndrome. Like, so that's how he got the stripes on his pants. Yes, Susie. They skipped that's that. That's how he did. Well, they had a few of those things in, but they were like the blaster. But it didn't linger in a way that, right. say, X Men Origins Wolverine did. <laughs> I got the leather jacket. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? So the the I think I think the the blaster thing was great. Harrelson just nonchalantly dismantles it. Goes, okay, here you go. Okay, yeah, I got a gun a now. Big deal. Instead of there's not an old couple that says this was our son's blaster. <laughs> we think you'd do yeah. right by it. The um, one thing the one thing I've heard a lot of people complain about is his name. Oh, the I don't care. I I think it works. I mean, yeah. Look at look at all the immigrants that we got that are named Freeman because right they're free men. You know, it's like it's the same. The government gave surnames to right, right. so many people. Why not? Right. I, I even love that the Imperial March is. We are putting a spoiler tag on this thing, right? Empire. Well, yeah, it's too. Look, it's two weeks, but still, anybody who wants to see it will. Have it will. It, it will say it in the in the liner notes. But. Okay. but all that said, if you didn't like this, or if you didn't like The Last Jedi, you and I don't need to have words. I don't agree with someone who didn't like right, the, Je- right. the, the Last Jedi, but right. I do have a couple of friends that were not huge fans of it, although uh, we've talked since and kind of, they go, well, you have a point. I like this. In hindsight, I'm like, yeah, okay, so it didn't hit you as great as it hit me. Fine. I had to agree to move on because we still have episode four, five, and five and a half. Uh, there right. are people that must love the Ewok movies. Somebody was telling me, you know, people who didn't like the Sex in the boat. City movie were less whiny about it than than the which movie, Sex in the City. Uh, Sex in City Two, I think, was the, yeah, the, big, the big whiny one. Yeah, um, but, but they weren't that bad as as I got out of my first viewing of Force Awakens and stood around with my friend that I'd seen it with, and I'm like, I. I, I don't know if I liked it. I remember uh, you telling me that. And I was really confused because I have always been one of the fans that says it could be two hours of Ewoks and I will be happy with it. And I just sat there for a while and it took several viewings for me to go, all right, I'm good. But it it was jarring. So the porgs okay, didn't win you over right No, no, Force, this is Force Awakens. Last Jedi, the Last Jedi, I thought, was brilliant from right. frame one on. Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. I and, loved and, everything. But, but, here, but here's the difference. They hit us differently now. You know, and I, I will say that I don't know if it, if it, if it isn't, because I think there's a lot of guys that look like us that are the ones complaining. 100%. Younger. I, I, I don't know. I just know that they're wrong in how they're handling their 
complaint. On, on, on happiness yeah. with this. You don't hector creators out there. Chuck Wendig was right to go off. Yeah, absolutely. And Because I know he had, and I think Ryan Johnson weighed in as well. And I think it is up to fans like us because they can't dismiss us. Look, guys, on a lot of levels, we have many things in common. We probably saw this. I know you're younger than I am. I can't remember by how many decades, but at least one. And I think I, I, so. I, I, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's that Trade big secrets. of a difference. Trade secrets. No, it's not decades, but I, even if you saw Star Wars, the first one a in a the theater, a yeah. new hope in a theater, Absolutely. I think you saw it at a different age than I did. At a time when those ages are a big enough difference, you know? Right. And... I still gave, yeah, well, it is, you know, there's a big developmental difference in the way you approach, and yet you can still maintain your sense of wonder, whatever. I certainly, I was certainly bullied for loving it. Oh, yeah. As much as I I did, you know. Oh, same here. The children called me Chewbacca socks because I had Chewbacca socks. I was clearly. Not because of your hairy legs? Not at all. That hadn't kicked in until I was about 40. So, anyway. And it was, it was too late to join the swim team. So I know it's time to I had to quit it. And this is what happened. I had to quit the swim team. Anyway. Uh, is that an extraordinarily strong beer? Or? <laughs> no, he's he's working all. on a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, yeah it's, uh, I was on the, the oceans of Naboo. Anyway. So I, I, was, I was bullied. Although, let me, you know, I also met a, you know, at sixth grade in summer school, met a girl who was into Star Wars. And so... For all the innocents, and I shan't identify her. You know, the names must be changed to protect the innocent. That's right, Betsy. But, you know. Did she live in Canada? No, she lived in Cupertino. <laughs> we, I, I didn't know. She went to another school in Canada. Yeah, went to the same school. It turned out we were, you know, and we bonded and are still friends. Uh, one of the things is over Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Over Star Wars. And it was like, okay, so we went steady for five months, and I know it was based on. Hey, five, five months in sixth grade is like uh, a decade. It's a good, oh, good yeah. long... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that feels... It feels You're picking out dinner uh, plate patterns and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that was it until 30. Filling out registries. But, yeah. uh, but the thing was, you know, it's all about... It was that Star Wars movie. You found your people. And if the only people you have found are people exactly like you who are cranky and sitting and have time to harangue... Creators. The, the creators who... They actually don't owe you anything. They're right. giving you something. Right. And if you don't like it, okay, then, then go, go back away. and watch A New Hope again. Yeah, or, or watch do something The Empire else. Strikes Back again. Right. Or play with your action figures and make your stop motion movie. I've been saying this since the, the, the prequels. Is if you don't like Star Wars anymore, that's okay. Just stop pissing on it for the rest of us. I had this happen right when I got home from Solo. I posted my quick... Facebook review, which was it was brilliant and perfect, and I loved it. Spoiler free. Yeah. And one of the very first uh, comments on it was from somebody I'd friended, but was like a friend of a friend, who said, "Oh, I'm not gonna. Maybe I'll watch that on home video. I ain't, I'm not paying to see that." I'm like, oh, "Okay, why, why yeah. not? Yeah. Oh, that's not my Han Solo." I'm like, "So you're you're judging a movie you haven't seen? Right? Oh, I just don't think he's right for the character." I'm like, "Oh, okay, I get it." You're just coming into my thread to piss all over somebody else's joy. Right. That's just well, it. you just described Facebook. Right. But I mean, well, this is this this is very specifically yeah. what happens. Oh, I really love this thing. Fuck you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's it's 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 people trying to explain to you why you shouldn't be happy. Right. 
and they they, just, they just don't get it. And sorry, I, I, I would I've, I've debated hand, to the point I've, of ad nauseum on the TLJ. I was in the store yesterday, and some guy was talking about it, and I said, I was I was saying, well, let me let me take your argument one point by point. He goes, no, you don't have to. I'm not going to change my mind. Okay, fine. I don't need to talk to you any. Yeah, anymore. then, then, but, but then we have nothing in that to discuss. Conversation originally, or or did you no, I was here? I was actually we were in a conversation that he joined. Ah, so oh yeah, that's the other thing is that you can't just have a conversation well, with these people. They jump in conversations. Yeah, that's why we have a podcast. Right, but yes, they they but they they just yeah. The, the the fandom needs to start policing itself, and I think we've seen that in the past 48, 72 hours with this Rebel Force Radio thing. I've been following on Twitter, and they are getting hammered by other fans that are sick and tired of of quote unquote Star Wars fans. So there's a new hope. Uh, there's a new hope. Uh, uh, the, the, by the way, the last Jedi just started on the screen behind Rick. So <laughs> I, that's good. Oh, that's, so oh, that's good. perfect. That's perfect. That's so good. Um, good. I'm you know, glad that we're that we're policing because the other thing I wanted to, the the real reason that I brought brought up this. I think we're I think we're about a week away from a hashtag R two Me Too. No. Oh, you. You gotta, know, I thought of that. You got to start that. I you did have think to start of that, that, and I thought, no, that's just so wrong. Anyway, the. Point it's I, terrible. The point I was going to make about the sixth grade bonding and so forth, and then really through, it, through the rest of my teen years, guys, That's I do fucking. understand. And what I realized was, for a long time after that, I was an asshole. And if I was alone in my fandom and I was bitter, I somewhat changed. Enough that, you know, it, it's like you realize at some point, if you're alone at your computer and you don't have a lot of friends in real life, Look to yourself and try to be a better person, because that is the lesson of Star Wars. That is the lesson of Star Trek as well. Yeah, and science fiction. That's I mean, the lesson of most good science fiction. And that's well, then you say of most, and that's and that's the problem we're seeing too. There, yes, yeah. I will grant you, fans, that when A New Hope came out, it was largely about white people and about white males, and that's because. Most science fiction up to that point had yes. been about white people and about white males. And, and aliens. You were and you watched a movie that was about aliens from a thousand worlds and talking about treating them as if they were equal. Who would have thought that the most alien thing of all was was women and and women of color and people that think, think differently? Why would you be more accepting of Greedo of a damn filthy Rodarian than of Someone. Hey. He's a, oh, I'm sorry. It's Rodian. Rodian. I'm sorry. Who's it? Rodarian. I just I added a, a syllable. I want to say Rodan, but Rodanian. But the point is, um, uh, you know, which they got their. Oh, I saw Rodian there in in Solo. So yeah, you know, that was they, awesome. That's, that's great representation. Not to not to be lied. I'm just saying that as as Rick is saying, most science fiction is about inclusivity, although granted on screen. Until about maybe two decades ago, three decades ago, tops, it didn't really challenge anybody on what inclusivity actually meant. I'd, yeah, say, I'd say the last six years, maybe. There's a fair amount of science fiction that's like military science fiction that doesn't get into this at all. It's really about blowing up the other guy and stuff. Okay, and, and there's plenty of that. Yeah. Then enjoy that. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Just stop. So should we talk about the happy stuff too? Let's. So help me, Drew Campbell. You're my yeah. only hope. <laughs> 
Because as a result of Solo, mm-hmm. there's a solo card game, but you started seeing there was a... You were triggered by by Rick talking about this Han Solo A lot of people get triggered by Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, so Rick contacted me. <laughs> so so in, in one of the, one of the uh, promotional things that Hasbro's come out with for Solo the movie is Solo the card game, which is... Uh, a variation, kind of thematically, of what Han and Lando play in the movie. I did notice I the cards aren't the same. I think it's funny that they are. Is it Solo or I looked it up on Amazon? Is it Han Solo? It's Han Solo card, card game. game. It's not Han Solo the card game. It's Han Solo, Solo card, card game. game instead of Sabak. And it's the subtitle because no, it isn't Sabak. The subtitle is Play to Win the Millennium Falcon. Which doesn't guarantee that you're going to win, but you could win the game. By the way, I do wish that people could have seen your face when you turned to me and said, because it isn't Sabak. It isn't Sabak. (laughs) Like, I'm going to get a lot of mean tweets from Drew tonight. Yeah. I'm just going to go out (laughs) there. Anybody who refers to this. No, it's it's a variant uh, of Sabak. I'm not mocking Kelly Marie Tran. I'm not. I'm mocking the tackles that go off. Yes, we know. It's poker in the same way that seven card stud five card stud is is um, Texas Hold'em right you know. it's um, it's a very cool game we just played a few rounds it needs some house rules to really kind of amp it up but considering obviously it's aimed at kids and obviously Hasbro doesn't want to create game? 10 and up okay and Hasbro doesn't want to create a gambling game for children and we got our copies on Amazon for 1699 yeah I, I think it retails for 21 I think yesterday yeah, yeah so I think I think Target's going to start carrying it too yeah uh, I think it retails for 20 we got it on discount on Amazon because it's been out for a couple of months now um, but it plays well it's uh, the goal is to get to uh, close to zero you've got half negative cards half positive cards um, there's three rounds. There's, uh, there's a little nice blue wrist cheater. No, it does not come with a wrist no, cheater. That you have to buy that separately. There are a nice set of blue and white dice that are the same symbols as Han Solo's dice. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, I like that they're not gold for the game. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think it's kind of neat. Uh, Rick and I were talking. It'd be very much. It'd be cooler instead of just rolling a pair of dice if you had some sort of popomatic, uh, techie thing. Pop-o-matic yeah, yeah. Um, I think we can. Pop, I think we can get a popomatic and, and then just pop it open, rip it open, and, yeah. and get those dice there's in there. Definitely room for it in the box. Oh yeah, this box is huge uh, for the what box, you get the in box it. This should be like a deck of cards. A little bit larger than that for the Some dice. Some contents may have settled during shipping. Oh, yeah. There's there's punch-out um, bounty chits, is what they call them. Yeah. Uh, so of every round every prize. round uh, you get to uh, play for but one of these things. But you can turn those all into one-point chits and make it more of a standard game. Yeah, it would be very easily modifiable into, yeah. a, into a closer game. Um, but I really like it. I, I'm all for more gaming within yeah, the game in, into the uh, Star Wars universe. So now we've got... Uh, the Han Solo card game, which is also known as Corellian Spike, um, Sabak, Dajarik, Pazak, and I, I think those are the four and, big uh, ones now. So, well, I'm talking in-universe games, but so just to because you're not going to pump yourself, you built it. You built a, a Sabak well, deck. I was going to say that. So he found oh. this YouTube video about how to play Sabak, right? And the deck they're using in this video, I, I created. Yeah, so many years ago... Uh, it's probably one of the annual humility moments from uh, 
from Drew. <laughs> Many years ago, I, I, the, uh, in Rebels, they had an episode where they introduced Lando. And there was the very first canonical uh, presence of Sabacc in, uh, in vis- visual form. And uh, so I took the couple screen grabs that they had and I created my own deck based on their artwork. I created my own artwork based on the few cards we saw. Um, and I got those printed up at makeplayingcards.com and it was really cool. I had a physical Sabacc deck. That year was also the uh, Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. And they had the cantina set up there, and they were giving away Sabacc decks that they had made themselves. And so I got introduced to the guy that d- did the uh, Sabacc deck, and we, com- we compared our, our decks and checked it out. It was really cool. But yeah, um, similar? very similar. Very similar. Um, I actually went a little more, uh, a little darker and more detailed with the, the royals and stuff. They just didn't put names on them, but it was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, I, I was running when after Rick had asked me about the card game, I was doing a little search, and there's a newer, newish channel on YouTube called Sabak Chat, and they do a, Seriously. It's great. Not it's, making this up. It's Sabak Chat, and they, no, I know. they play Sabak and talk about Star Wars, and it's, it's actually pretty cool. It's two guys in polo shirts and Stormtrooper helmets, uh, and... It, it's hysterical, and they do. They did a great episode teaching how people how to play Sabacc. They do it like you're watching Texas Hold'em on t- television. Well, so sure, that makes sense. You look totally at, they look at their cards, and they, they show Texas up Hold'em, on the they show up on the sure. screen, and it's great. And I'm just sitting there looking, and I'm like, wait a minute, those are my cards. And so, how did they get your cards? Well, so when I created them, I put them up on my website. Oh, okay. Uh, I said, hey, I did this. Anyone can download them for free, and we'll put the link in the show right. notes. I mean, that's like JC, yeah. JC with, those, with those lightsabers that he, yeah. that he built. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's the instructions on going to makeplayingcards.com and, and getting your own deck. and Which it, is a great site. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And, it's, and it's certainly cheap. Uh, the original game of Sabacc was based on a tarot deck, so I think it's like 76 cards. You can get that printed front and tarot, back. Tarot, which is a game version, which use it, which is based on the tarot uh, fortune telling deck. But tar- tarot is actually a, another type of game. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. At any rate, the which if you win, you die. Yes. Uh, I, I played poker with a. What, no, it's it's kind of like twenty one. It's like, kind of like blackjack, but it's played. With, well, and that's yeah. what Sabak is. Yeah. It's it's oh, so kind of like blackjack. Um, but at any rate, the, it's it's like thirty ish dollars on make playing cards to get a full deck of Sabak cards, and then you too can play. Uh, and there's tons of house rules on the net, and it's it's a lot of fun. So very cool. I was it was it was it was fun to see that out in the wild and see act, people are actually enjoying the the fruits of my labor. That so. is that that is awesome. And I'm just going to bring up the other game you wanted to talk about, Rick. Now oh. because we're on games, sure. And I know that. Drew could vanish at any moment, so I'm just making sure it's he's he's molecularly unstable. That's so. true, but yeah. I, just, I just want to make sure. So I want to move this on. Is, to Star this Wars is quite a head twisting so. turn, but um, I wanted to review a uh, a game. 
And you quite rightly noted that it's been out since August of 2017. Yes. I, I wanted to see what it was. That you and, were but it just came out for the Nintendo Switch and the Game Boy DS. Okay. Um, and that the Nintendo DS, not the Game Boy DS. My Little Pony? Uh, no, it's called West of Loathing. Don't you mock My Little Pony. I, I won't. And I will from, not. It's from a company called... Um, ah, it's from Asymmetrics Publications, mm-hmm. who had previously done a game called Kingdom of Loathing, which was a a multiplayer browser game in which you were um, I don't want to spoil too much. You're 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 in a, a feudal kingdom, and it's a multiplayer an MMORPG in the browser, but kind of like a text adventure too, which takes you back if you're old enough to remembering Muds. Which were the original multiplayer games on mm-hmm. uh, on the internet, but multi-user dungeon exactly. So, but this is a standalone game. I didn't know that was a game. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty cheap. You can get it on Steam for PC, Mac, and Linux, which is what came out in mm-hmm. 2017. Um, and basically, and they have it for the iOS as well. Yes, it's iOS and for the iOS. And it, it's coming. That's how you know you're old. Put the in front of everything. I admit, I'm old. I admit it. Yeah. It's coming for. But Android I do too. read. But the the premise is you're you're well. The premise gets in the way of the the. What really makes this game crazy is it's all stick figures, but it's stick figures in this kind of two D plus dimension. So if I'm a stick figure walking around in a cave, holding a lantern, the and I walk behind a rock, it's throwing shadow off the rock as I go around the rock. So okay. it's like it's in three-dimensional stick figure form, which is pretty crazy and cool to play, th- play through just in that. Um, there are incredibly inventive things that happen in, the, in that 2D-plus space. But what really makes this game um, crazy is the, the, uh, the sense of humor of the game, which... It's, it starts off you're like you're you're on a farm and you're going to go to Frisco to earn your fortune, and you end up traveling across this the pseudo western badlands, and keep on running into all these adventures. But you end up running into goblins and skeletons, and then you end up going through a dimensional portal to to encounter robots and. Uh, just, I can't tell you how many times that's happened on i5. I5 I, I especially. Um, the currency is meat, which is a carryover from Kingdom of Loathing. So you collect meat, and you want to buy something, you use meat to oh, buy it. sounds meat. like a utopia. It's, I, I was just thinking, I have this friend Yes, that probably doesn't listen to the podcast, but Albert Camacho, we have found your video game. When you, when you actually go to a counter, it, it switches screens over to something that's almost like texting back and forth between the characters, and you choose, of course, your response from five or six different choices. And there's a narrative voice that will actually interact with you with saying, are you really sure you want to do that? Because that spittoon is really... There are there are multicolor, rainbow-colored bubbles coming off this spittoon. I don't think you want to put your hand to it, into it. And, of course, you do because every spittoon is a treasure trove. Um, spoiler. As they, as they are wont to be. Luke just threw the lightsaber over his shoulder. I'm just... Let's let's give people something to complain about. Yeah, yeah, going. yeah. Luke, look through where this. Yeah, I want to recommend this because it's so it's eleven dollars for this game. I have been playing it like nonstop. I haven't played any other video games since I got this. I'm I've made it to Frisco, but I have to get back, go back and do. And it's one of those things where you could stop any time if you can stop any time. 
Um, you're really going for 100. I hear no, that phrase from you a lot. Yeah, well, it's Skyrim. Um, you, yeah. my son, my niece. Everybody. Yeah. I'll start that. No, not a chance. Yeah, I'll buy it for you for Christmas. No. Yes. No, Luke has it. I don't need it. Okay. Um, Actually, I do have it, but for PS3. But I highly recommend this game. It's uh, the fact that you can play it on all these platforms, and really, it doesn't it doesn't change the experience at all depending on the screen because the way the graphics are set. It's not like you're going to lose the stick figure guy in a crowd of in a tree or something. He's, he's pretty be easy to spot in the black and white the glorious black and white uh, experience and this so is this is loathing is like it's called west of loathing west of loathing west of loathing l o a t is like hating east of here it's like it's like Jason Salazar's house <laughs> if you go right west of it that's where you start that's, that's it well, so you start off in the east and uh, you start off in loathing which is in the east and you're working your way across west across the uh, across the continent until you get to Frisco, which, of course, is on the West Coast. Of so, course it is. Yes. Please, yes, it's a fictional town. No one from the northern area of 415 be right. upset with us. Well, when I started playing this, I just said, i gotta, I got to make this recommendation. It's just no, every good. now and then you find something that's really yeah. cool, and you got to do it. So what, what platform did you get it on? I got it on the Nintendo Switch, and uh, I played it both on the Switch, um, on, on the Switch when it's mounted, so it plays through the the big monitor in my my den or I played it just on the handheld thing I just want to say it's okay to say the switch he doesn't sound old what's wrong with the iOS Drew it's different iOS is an operating system yeah you play it on on the the Mac the switch is a the Nintendo switch which is which is uh, running the iOS okay (laughs) thanks dad wow that's a switch (laughs) (laughs) not intentional so let's talk comics. Uh, first off, I want to say GameStop announced this week they're experimenting with selling monthly comics. They're going to put spinner racks in a limited for Are they going to really have spinner racks? Or they, they say they're going to put in spinner wow. racks. I'd have of, to go there. Of monthly comics. Uh, and monthly, not graphic novels. Oh. Actual monthly comics. Monthly as in not weekly or? As in, well, as the, a spinner rack the way it used to be. You know, they'd show up. It's, right. Yes. So, it, so the issue by issue instead of right. being a trade paperback, they're experimenting. It's a limited amount for now, but they put in orders for Saga. They, they've confirmed they're going to carry Saga. They're going to carry like the, the top twenty DC books and the top twenty Marvel, okay. and look into further with Image. And they're trying to be specific about the kind of person who would walk into GameStop. What right, sort of right, right, right. What sort of book are they looking for? So it's interesting. Apparently there's an executive who was from, the, I, I believe the name of the chain was Hastings that had tried that before. Okay. It was like a media superstore, and they were doing, and they were they had pull lists in their chain. Kind of like Virgin used to be. Yes. Yeah. They, Hastings, unfortunately, has gone out of business, but GameStop here is doing what they can since, as we know, a lot of games are going digital, and it's hard to say, you know, reselling their... Are, are, is GameStop the same store now as ThinkGeek? No. Although Think but Geek, I think ThinkGeek Think Geek Geek stuff is sold through there. ThinkGeek is merchandising in GameShop. The, the article I read said that there are ThinkGeek stores as well, so I suspect that they have more than Alliance. They may be the same yeah, business. Maybe. With different, you know, I've which been, is fine. I've been in GameStop recently. I did see ThinkGeek, stuff that you can only get online in ThinkGeek mm-hmm. otherwise. I've seen that, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we'll see how that goes. 
There was an announcement also this week that the union has uh, uh, voted there may be a strike for UPS in August, which could mean delays of comics on new comic book. What are they striking for, Derek? Better pay, fewer boxes with damage. The point is that Diamond vows they'll still get books to stores on time with almost the same great accuracy they've had so far. Oh, yay. Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, with with UPS on strike, comics fans might not notice a difference. Not a thing. (laughs) Not a thing. Oh, they shorted this box? Oh, it's... Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway... Must be Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I admit, you're right. I, I, my social justice awareness this week kind of went to the Star Wars thing. All my energy went there. Right, I right. just saw this thing about UPS and went, I don't know what their specific issues are. Long pants? I, yeah. I don't mean to make... <laughs> lo- I'm sure that they're probably not paid as well as they should for the work they have to do, and they probably don't have the benefits that they should have for the work they have to do. So... Actually, you know, when I was in college, a lot I had friends who went to work for UPS, and they were being paid very well. You know, okay, but that was another century, Rick. It was. So it's like I was talking with someone about about our parents' teaching benefits, and how our parents had both my parents were teachers, and this friend also both her parents had been teachers, and saying the benefits that they had when we were kids were fantastic. Right. But I spent time as a teacher. They're not anymore. Right. So that may be... Well, the benefits are the same. It's just medical costs and other other costs went up. No, 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 no. And the benefits are not the same. No? No. You, okay. don't, you don't get nearly as much coverage as you used to. Oh, okay. And so anyway, I mean, at least certainly in our experience, maybe there is a mythical land somewhere where teachers have been treated as well as they... Deserve to be treated. Switzerland, I think, is that. I think you're right. Maybe Finland. Finland. Interesting. I'll let other people connect the dots on that one. I think we're in trouble enough. So DC is also going to make a major relaunch of Vertigo in September. So I wanted to share some titles with you because I know there's at least one. I shouldn't say I know. I believe there's one you're going to want to put on your list. Okay. Okay. And I'll tell you which one it is. You'll tell me as soon as I say it. All right. Okay. The first of the seven is a book called Border Town from writer Eric M. Esquivel, who wrote for Adventure Time and Starburns Presents, with art and covers by Ramon Villalobos, who uh, will debut in September. When a crack in the border between worlds releases an army of monsters from Mexican folklore into the small town of Devil's Fork, Arizona, the residents blamed the ensuing weirdness, shared nightmares, otherworldly radio transmissions, mysterious goat mutilations on goddang illegals. With racial tensions supernaturally charged, it's up to new kid in town, Frank Dominguez, and a motley crew of high school misfits to discover what's really going on. That's not the one I'll predict, but you seemed intrigued. Are they on bicycles? They could be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's Stranger Borders. No, the point is that they are making an effort to... They're bringing in a lot of writers from like podcasts and other media to, to try this. So this is the one I think. Hexwives from writer Ben Blacker, co-creator oh, of the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Yes. With art by Mirka Andolfo, who's drawn Wonder Woman and Shade the Changing Girl. 
That'll be in October. The quote is, the women are too powerful, they must be tamed. A malevolent conspiracy of men brainwashes a coven of witches to be subservient suburban housewives, but it's only a matter of time before the women remember their power. Boy, that sounds like one of those stories from one of the men's adventure stories from you know, the magazines from the 60s and 70s. I think, uh, I think there might be a little commentary going on <laughs> in these books so far. Right. I'm down Stepford, with it. Stepford Wives for I'm the definitely, uh, yes, 21st I, century. Well, both of those are going on my pool list. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued so far. Uh, I don't think... Anyway, American Carnage from writer Brian Hill, who is writing the Titans TV show uh, that's going on DC Universe. And Michael, uh, with art by Le- Leandro Fernandez, the names and the Punisher Max. I don't remember him from that, but it could be. I don't know the, I don't know the book, the names. Uh, they will debut in November in this thrilling crime saga, disgraced FBI agent Richard Wright, who is biracial but can pass for white, goes undercover in a white supremacist group believed to be responsible for the death of a fellow agent. Okay. And I think this kind of fits in Vertigo because DC doesn't really have any other imprint. No. Because this just seems like a good this is a, This crime is just book. a good uh, hard case crime kind of yeah, style book. Yeah, but unfortunately DC doesn't publish hard case crime. Black like me with a <laughs> gun. Maybe, I, or, well, no, he's not passing for No, it's black. the reverse. He's right. facing for it. No. Oh, Rick, and we were doing so well this week. Uh, I made a literary reference. Goddess Mode from writer Zoe Quinn. Crash Override. I know I should know that. The name is very familiar, but I don't know. She's featured in People's 25 Women Who Are Changing the World in Forbes 30 Under 30 with art by Robbie Rodriguez, who draws Spider-Gwen and FBP, Federal Bureau of Physics. That's in December. In a near future where all of humanity's needs are administered by a godlike AI, it's one young woman's horrible job to do tech support on it. But when Cassandra finds herself violently drawn into a hidden and deadly digital world beneath our own, she discovers a group of superpowered women and horrific monsters locked in a secret war for the cheat codes to reality. Spoiler, she fixes everything by turning it off and on again. It, it's just unplug it. Yeah. That's it. Just just update the iOS. Yes. Anyway. High level <laughs> from writer Rob Sheridan, who's the former art director for Nine Inch Nails. And co-creator, and I don't know, you might know this, I, I don't, creator of the Year Zero alternate reality game? I don't know. Don't know that one. With art by Barnaby Bagenda, the Omega Man and Green Lanterns. That's will come in 2019. Hundred year, hundreds of years after the world ended and human society was rebuilt from scratch, a self-interested smuggler with a price on her head is forced to traverse a new continent of danger and mystery to deliver a child messiah to high level, a mythical city at the top of the world, from which no one has ever returned. That's a lot to put in one paragraph. It is. And I am just reading their press release. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, yes. The next one. Safe Sex from writer Tina Horn, who's the host producer of Why Are People Into That podcast. I don't know that podcast, but the title... It's intriguing. It's intriguing. Writer, and she's also a writer, journalist, lecturer in sexual education and activism. And artist Mike Dow- Dowling, who works on 2000 AD and Unfollow, that will be in 2019. A dystopian sci-fi thriller about a ragtag team of sex workers. It's like the X There's a theme here somewhere. Yeah. Fighting it's- for the freedom to love in a world where sexual pleasure is monitored, regulated, and policed by the government. Okay. So it's today. It might not be the book that I'm putting on my pull list, but it might be someone listening will totally be into it. And that's good. I think Vertigo's doing something... 
This next one is going my oh, vertigo. I, I think these are sounding more like vertigo titles that I would have expected. And it's the same kind of challenging titles that would have occurred back in the nineties when. Well, and you know, it's vertigo funny, was, was I was an thinking about book. this and went. Now maybe the Sandman universe books are going to be right. under a vertigo, but they're their own universe, and it's like. And then we had Young Animal took what used to be the Vertigo books that Plus, I liked and became Young Animal. Isn't the Sandman universe coming into the standard DC right. universe and anyway? It's separate. So the books that used to be Vertigo yeah. are becoming mainstream. Everything so it's time to challenge again. You know. It's time to challenge yeah, again. Yeah. So I'm l- looking forward. Yeah. And this one, I will probably love, hate every issue because this <laughs> is what happened with the writer's last book. Would, uh uh, or second to last book, uh, previous book was uh, the Flintstones. Right, Mark Russell. God is disappointed in you. That's one I of have. His books. I have both of his books, and they are hilarious. It's the Flintstones, and no, the God is disappointed with you, and he has one other one. I've forgotten the title. Oh, I, I yeah. have to look it up because they're I, pros. They're pros. Uh, I th- that's fine. I think that the Flintstones. They're, they're bound like Bibles. That the Flintstones from DC. Yes. Was an, uh, a gr- grim and gritty update that should not have. It worked was a very subversive, and was brilliant. Yeah, it was a very brilliant, brilliant book. Vision. So, yeah. Anyway, and Richard Pace, uh, who is the artist on Imaginary Fiends, will also debut in 2019. And I'm down with this. I'm going to probably be offended a lot. I'm sure many listeners will be too. But you should challenge and try it. God sends Jesus to Earth in hopes that he will learn the family trade from Sun Man. An all-powerful superhero, that's S-U-N, who is like the varsity quarterback son God never had. But upon his return to Earth, Christ is appalled to discover what has become of his gospel and vows to set the record right. I'm going to put this on my pull list tomorrow. I... I I suspect I thought it was the Ben Blacker one was going to be my my hundred percent. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I, that one sounded interesting, and and I'll I'll get that one just because it's Blacker, you know. You're yeah, right. Well, I knew that, but this one that's the one I'm I I was like, oh my gosh. Like I said Flintstones. I did not expect to be as powerful a book as it was, and so I'm like, all right. So anyway, that's Vertigo. Skybound is releasing. This is the Nate Costa news corner. Skybound is releasing a 15th anniversary Walking Dead box set with the three omnibuses. That's when you say box set, it's more like a crate, isn't um, it? The, yeah, it, it retails for 200 bucks. Yeah, uh, but actually, there were smaller DVD it's sets a for one box than that. set. Set in time, it's in time for Walking Dead Day, which is October 13th, uh, and including a new Here's Negan collection that because they did, did like that as a limited edition. I can't remember where you could get. I know, it's not in the trades. Yeah, it's not yet. Well, they're creating a trade paperback with like origin stories of different characters. Yeah. So gathering them up and it's calling it that. So I don't know. If oh, I did it. read the. I did read the Here's Nagin origin story. But it came in something different. Yeah, or, uh, I can't remember yeah. what it was. But anyway, is that just, a free comic book day? Mm, I don't know. I don't hmm. know. I didn't read it, but I. It's the one we find out about his wife. Yeah, yeah. I think. I don't know if they're going to like release that as a separate trade later down the road, but there are probably at least a lot of viewers of the of the TV show, show. Yeah. that will go, okay, here it is, because you've got the three compendiums, you've got this. I don't know if there's any other bonus stuff. So pre-order that through your comic book store. Reserve that. Yeah. And I would say, as we were just talking about the pool list, certainly do that with the Vertigo books that sound interesting to you if you have yeah. a local shop. 
You know, for that matter, if you don't have a local shop and it's possible that you have a GameStop in your town, there you go. You might ask them. I don't know if that will work, but it might. So give it a shot. I have a feeling they'll experiment. The experiment will work if people start asking asking for, for them. Yeah. yeah. So. Let's go to what's in the bag. What's in your bag, Rick? Okay, number one I'm going to start off with is number one. It's a one-shot, and that's probably, uh, you're on notification, this is a one-shot for all of you Dazzler fans. Um, This is actually... Drew Campbell didn't believe there were, but I say there are. I think there are, and I I know there are. Um, Dazzler, of course, came out in the 80s. It's kind of a post-disco... Well, she was originally called Disco Dazzler. And then it was delayed. Oh, okay. So Dazzler number one. I think she did appear in one issue of X-Men before she appeared. And she was the Disco Dazzler. She was at least okay. announced in a Marvel's bullpen bulletin as, as Disco, Dazzler. Disco Dazzler. Well, that makes sense because she was definitely a disco artist. She and had roller skates. Roller skates and all the stuff that was going on in the 80s for, for this type of character. Um, this is an interesting book because it is a one-shot. It's reintroducing the character because she hasn't been around much. Um, she's going to show up in, I think it's X-Men, X-Men, Astonishing X-Men 14. Um, she'll join, she'll join that crew. Um, but this is her coming back into the performance space where she, you know, the, the whole performance thing didn't ever really work all that well in comics, you know, trying to, trying to get the, the musical aspect of a performance in a, in a, uh, in any kind of version other than that doesn't actually have sound is difficult. That's why the Prince comics make him a superhero. Yeah. So the, the um, and the and the uh, the the uh, kiss oh, the he was kiss, more of a super spy. The kiss, the kiss com- comics were yeah. like, well, and and they, I, I which remain. They were like the Scooby Doo crew as well. Anyway, but the the interesting thing about this one is it's trying to take on kind of race relations because an, uh, the main theme of this book is that. There's a there's an under underground subculture of mutants who hate inhumans and really believe that inhumans are the reason why everything's so crappy for them. And obviously, it's 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 kind of a twisted idea that uh, we're both being well, persecuted by people who aren't. Yeah, they forgot the first 30, 40 years of Marvel pre-Fox right, history. Right, yes. right. So there's a lot of that going on, and of course, Dazzler, who's a mutant. Is trying to in her in her concerts is trying to preach uh, acceptance of all people who are otherwise empowered. You know that that they that they should all be you know together because you mean superpowered because you say empowered it means some as different. Yeah, it was yeah. So it, the 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 book is okay, but even if unless you're a super hardcore Dazzler fan, you can probably skip this one and just go right for the Astonishing X Men. Reappearance because I don't think that the Dazzler as a performer is going to last much well, past this, this book. One, this is a one shot. It right? is a one so shot. I, I think this is what occasionally happens, and it, uh, a sincere attempt to do a decent story, but the book really exists so they can make sure the trademark stays. Yeah, there's, there's, well, yeah. The the other, the other kind of disturbing thing about this is uh, Colossus Peter shows up in this. And there's a lot of hugging and embracing between him and Dazzler that in light of the fact that he's marrying Kitty right now in the X-Men uh, Gold, I think it is books. Do you think it's romantic? It, I, I think that, you know, it's one of those or things where... Or is it where, just old friends? I think it's one of those things where 
an artist only knows how to draw one kind of embrace and it tends to be romantic. It looks a lot more handsy than two two friends kind of embracing and then saying, "Good to see you." Well, it's, after the podcast, we'll it's, we'll, you, you we'll, can, we'll no, we'll experiment with hugs and embraces, okay, and see how you know. I'm sure there's a lady here who could help us out. No, no, okay, no. I'm just saying. What's I prom- in your bag, Derek? I'm, I'm going to get handsy. <laughs> I don't know. The, the lights are going dim. Anyway, no, seriously, they are. But uh, I'm going to recommend this is actually number two, but because it's a weekly, you can probably go back. A week and get number one. Yes. Ryan Michael, Michael Bendis's first full run on he done a short story in Action Comics one thousand. Right, setting this up, the Man of Steel, and I I think it's worth mentioning because it is a weekly. And after No Justice, which we talked about in the podcast, I'm I'm kind of digging this as a format. Give me four weeks of one story that you've actually given your all to, and then I could take or leave beyond that. Right. Like, no justice. I did go and buy the next Justice League, but it was it was contained. I felt good. Okay, you taunted for the next, fine. And the same is with Man of Steel. This is an interesting take, an interesting deepening of the mythos without throwing away what everybody else had done, which Bendis promised he wasn't going to throw anything away. He right. just added a little subtext, a little background that maybe he didn't know before. Costume is, change. Which is what they do with every reboot. I mean, you know, Way back in, I think it was Zero Hour had created Conduit, which I don't think they use Conduit anymore, but DC was absolutely convinced Conduit was going to be a great villain for for Superman for about a year. And then it sort of disappeared. But, but the point is they do that every time some new major creator comes in, they add something new. But most of the time it's been an out-and-out reboot, and this is not. This is just, look, there's just one thing you didn't know before. And it, I appreciate this kind where it doesn't feel like, wait, you've been lying to us all this time? It's like, oh, no, there's no reason why right. anybody would have known this before. So it's, it's a fun book. And each week is drawn by a different high-profile artist. Huh. And that's the way to do it, which it sort of ended up happening on No Justice. The art chores went or switched around. But I don't, it didn't feel like that was on purpose so much as out of necessity. This was planned that way so that a bunch of guys could say that they had drawn Bendis' DC debut. That's kind of weird. As an aside to that, uh, last week we had the end of the uh, the um, uh, Go Down Swinging, yeah. the, the Spider-Man 800, yeah. the, the four-issue run-up to that. And it was funny because the, the uh, issue 799 was drawn, I can't remember the name of the artist, but it was a very painted kind of style. Mm-hmm. And I'd put them all aside to read the four in a row. And so I finished that up, and then I opened up 800. And it was a very much a standard cartoon, uh, you know, hard-edged line, black-lined edges and stuff. And it's jarring. And it was very jarring. Um, and that book was actually divided up into chapters, each one being done by a different artist. And I don't think that's a bad thing either. It wasn't horrible. I mean, it gave gave a lot of people the opportunity to be in on that 800th issue. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Man of Steel is doing this one's Evan Doc Shanes, who is an underappreciated artist that I love. So I'm excited for that. What's next in your bag? Next on my bag is uh, something I've been looking forward to quite a bit ever since we've been seeing the ramifications of the return of the original Incredible Hulk, and this is the Immortal Hulk issue one and we remember that the Hulk was killed by Hawkeye 
in a in a kind of a dark day. Dark uh, well, day. It, was, it was a plan between Bruce Banner and Hawkeye that if Bruce started to change, Hawkeye would shoot a arrow into his eye socket, into his brain, and kill him. And he made Hawkeye promise, and then Hawkeye was vilified by everyone for killing Bruce. Well, what we find out now is the Hulk's power is not just that he gets angrier, and the more he gets stronger, the angrier he gets. He can't be killed. If he gets killed, he comes back. Or at least now it's more like issue number one of the Hulk, where he became the Hulk at night. So he gets killed now at nighttime. He reincarnates as the Hulk, and this this was an incredibly moving story. It's a it's an accidental death during a during a gas station uh, holdup, and the Hulk actually serves in a very swamp thing, man thing, a more man thing really style. Well, I, and I think that's an interesting thing to do with him for yeah. a while. Let's do something different because you've had so much straightforward superhero action right. with Amadeus Cho as right. the totally awesome Hulk, who remains. I, I don't remember what they're going to change his name to, but. Yeah, they've shown a couple of pictures of him where he's not quite so hulked out, but still green. Yes. And he looks more like Amadeus Hulk. I mean, just Cho. And this one, this one really has a you know, house of mystery kind of feel to it um, in the way the story is laid out and told. Who's writing that? Um, let's see who is writing it. Uh, Al Ewing. And Joe okay. Bennett's doing the art. Interesting. Um, but uh, I, everything about this book hit for me. The art style is great. There are, There is one after another two-page pa- two splash screens that are just astonishing. They're just like amazing and you you kind of look at it and go and other marvel superhero adjectives i i wouldn't i would <laughs> it's it's uncanny when you look no, at sorry you, marvel's lawyers are on the phone when you look at you look at the first one you go yeah it's a pretty big that's a pretty standard splash screen and the next one's like a zoom in and you go i didn't realize if they zoomed in just on his face how much more impactful that would be and you have to attribute that to the off, the artist mm-hmm. for this, but yeah, I'm I'm totally sold on this book. It's uh, probably I, one of I the best one I read this I week. To it. I'm going to go with the unexpected this week because I'm giving all of the post metal books yes. a chance. Yes, and so this is art by uh, the San Jose local artist Ryan Sook, okay. who is one of my favorites. Yep, he's not particularly prolific, so when his work shows up, I'm like I'm intrigued by his art. It is uh, <laughs> okay. the critique that came from the review that came from Elusive Comics and Games from Steve. There was it read just like metal. So <laughs> to me, that's a positive thing. And I was I was making jokes. It's like metal is an approach to comics in which I probably missed an issue, but but Batman's in armor riding a Joker right. dragon. Right. You know, I'm I'm putting on the the rock music and just. Uh, so the unexpected, I I call that a compliment. It may not be the book that sticks with me for years, as far as it really moved me. It changed the way I thought about superheroics. Uh, no, it, it may be just like the album "Bad Out of Hell," which is just that it is the greatest album of all time. It doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense. Go ahead, you know, challenge me on this. Fight me, bro. Anyway, uh, so the unexpected. Uh, which does say have the Dark Knights Metal brand on it, which I think is interesting that they're branding like that. Yeah. But uh, this is 
did we talk? We talked a little bit about challenges of, the, of the unknown. I think last week, or maybe it wasn't you that I had that conversation. I don't know that we did. Oh no, I think we did. But you know, we, we kinda, did. We did a faux "What's in the bag" because neither one's had any. Right. I was kind of disappointed with that one. I was too. We both were because yeah. I don't. We were just. I'm just praising Bendis for adding subtext that it makes sense that we didn't know about. That we, there was a. You know. That there was a. It was lot. It's logical that you didn't necessarily know this history. Right. Whereas, challengers, and I know it's a whole new universe. Yes. And this is just what we were saying about Star Wars. Really, there's a whole set of trade paperbacks or back issues of the challenges of the unknown. The way I like them, and yeah. I can just get those. That's yep. okay. I yep. just didn't like this new take. But I, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I, I mean, it's gonna. No, it's, I'm hoping it just, it'll it grow strike, on me. It was I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it three or four issues. To I give see. three because yeah. if you can't hook me and give me a satisfying midpoint at least to an arc, I either jump off or I or I really want to read past three. Yeah, you know that they, most books do. We should have done that with most sci-fi series too, but no, we watched too long. It's and kind it, of the same way I felt. I mean, neither one of us had this in our bag, you know, but uh, kind of the way I felt about Justice League, the Justice League number one, which is, again, a follow-up to Metal. Scott Snyder's. Yeah. You know, so, again, I'm making the sign of the horns and just going, ah! You know, it's open a six-pack and just let that happen. But the funny thing about I mean, the, the funny thing about Metal was there was so much stuff would happen in one panel. Like, in one panel, you'd have enough plot resolution that could have filled a whole issue or maybe you know, mm-hmm. two or three panels could have that's been a whole issue. That's why I was convinced I missed issues. Yeah, and I don't think I did. No, and that's the same way this 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 uh, first issue of Justice League is too. There's like, remember when the Avengers, when all the Avengers were, when they had three or four Avengers books, and it was like everybody in the Marvel universe was an Avenger, and you had them out in outer space, and you know, all over the world, and, and you'd have stories reading those. Um, but this is the same way. It's it's like every. Justice right. League member because ever. we're because we're getting a Justice League Dark and then yeah. a Justice League Odyssey. But you've got the Terrifics that are in there too, you know, and and other other groups that and are subgroups. I just want to read the Terrifics. Yeah, I, I, you yeah. Know, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that's fine and dandy. Although I do have a complaint to lodge about the Terrifics is that I want Plastic Man in his red suit. There's you no don't reason like the he has to be a black. No, he's never been in another suit. Anyway, okay, go ahead. But he looks so happy. My last book... I'm going to complain and harass creators. Okay. My last book is Issue 31. Did you think this book would ever make it to Issue 31? Of Moon, I Moon love Gr- this book. I love this book. I read this in spurts. I didn't like, think I enough people... Like five or six at a time. I didn't think enough other people would love it to keep it going this long. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Issue 31, which is the smoking issue, which takes me back... To what smoked? No, to issue... Well, maybe... Um, to issue 95 of Spider-Man, which was the drug issue. You remember that one? The, one, the first one that didn't have the comics code on it because it showed drug use and the ramifications 94, of it. 94, 95, 96. Right, right. Because 94 mentions drugs like on the last page, so it didn't get the code. It's right. the one people forget about. Right, right. Yeah. So it's the one that Peter's talking about, you know, boy, I, I'm glad I don't do Harry's drugs. Harry's addicted. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, and this is, this is well-intended... And probably a good thing to come out with. I was amazed that it was all about smoking cigarettes and not vaping, because. Well, that's interesting because I would have expected that. I would have. Is you would expect You would expect vaping. 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 I yeah, would have me expect, too. Because that's I. 
that's what kids are doing these days. They're not yeah. smoking cigarettes. And so it's kind of out of tune with the current crisis because the crisis today is kids smoking flavored smoke vape. Um, and yeah, not, you can not, tell where we, where we sit on that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm, I was going to back away and say, like, oh, you know, because, look, our hosts tonight like to, you know, I know they vape. And that's fine. But they're adults. Yeah. They're no, making but they're that adults. decision. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's stuff that being is being directly marketed at uh, at kids that are Absolutely. too young to be smoking. Uh, Fruity Pebbles vape? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but, but again, uh, still a very, very good issue she's, of... She's getting an animated series. Yeah. And I can hardly wait, wait for... She's got to make an appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, that'd be fun. That would really be fun. And I think, how fun would a live action series? You get an act because now she's a little too old. The the young girl on Blackish. Um, I don't know the actress's oh, name. Oh yeah, yeah. But if you had an actress like her play Lunella, and you had a budget to do the dinosaur, right? I mean, you know, yeah, Andy Circus. <laughs> okay. In a dinosaur suit. Well, I mean, you know, right. Runaways got away with. They sure didn't show a lot of her, but they did have old, old lace, lace you know, on that. So the raptor. So, I, you know, because I think what I what I love about it is this was so infamously one of Jack Kirby's wackier ideas. Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur, Devil, Devil Dinosaur and Moon, Moon Boy, because the title was Devil Dinosaur right, right, first. Right. But to reverse it, make her. The smartest girl in the world. Right. And clearly, often because she's 10, far more mature than, say, like, The Thing and Amadeus Cho, who's like, I'm a Hulk with hormones. You know, it's... Well, he is. You know, He definitely what, is. Yeah, you know, that he's still thinking like an adolescent, and she's not there yet. No, yeah. But she's got the uptightness of... She's so much smarter than any other kid in the room. Right. And then her parents... And she's impatient with everybody else. And it's just a really, it's a fun book. It's a good book. And I, I would suspect, again, this is like Ms. Marvel. And I hope I, by mentioning this, that it's just irritating some fans that like, hey, look, these diverse comics are selling. But I suspect she pro- it probably sells better digitally because they say that about Ms. Marvel. That Ms. Marvel is still, like the whole reason that Ms. Marvel has an ongoing print title is because Digital it stuff. sells like crazy digitally, and they're trying to catch wow. old fans to like come on, catch, which I am. I buy Ms. Marvel. I love Ms. Marvel. Kamala Khan is the sensational character find of the 21st century. To paraphrase an old comic book phrase, right. you know, it's uh, I, and I so's w- Lunella. I love Moon Girl. Yeah, I was in a uh, Facebook, uh, you know, a, a group. And some some ignorant moron was talking about how uh, Captain Marvel, uh, how can she be Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel was a guy, and I got well. Actually, Captain Marvel's been a woman for about three times as long as it was ever a guy, and different different no, characters true. playing I mean, it. How long? So. How long has it been since Carol took the title? Oh, but before that, yeah. Monica Rambeau had the title. Yeah. And I mean, granted, there was well, the Captain stuff. Marvel versus Ms. Marvel. Because Mon- no, no, I know she was around as Ms. Marvel for a long time, and then Monica as- Marambo was always Captain Marvel. I don't think she was Ms. Marvel. Who Monica Rambeau was? No, she was always Captain Marvel, and right. then she became Quasar. No, not Quasar. Not Quasar, but something. something she has another. Something she has out. another identity now. Right, right. But uh, but Carol was Ms. Marvel, then Binary, 
then Captain, then Captain Marvel. Marvel. Right. And but I'm saying it's got to have been at least 15 years since Carol's been Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason that she was Ms. Marvel in the first place was Captain Marvel was still viable for Marvel in the form of the Kree soldier. Right. Right. So, you know, but he's dead. One last thing about uh, Moon Girl and Devon Dinosaur. There is a page in this which is brought out from. It's really a cool page too. Uh, it's it's an old it's an old uh, public service ad with Spider Man on one side and Luke Cage in the tiara and yellow shirt holding up this list of things Sweet about Christmas. why smoking is bad for you. It's like very small print. It's like ten items in a list, and it, it's reprinted from back back in the day, probably the nineties. So, uh, this again, again. No, if Luke had the tiara, it's probably still 80s. Probably 80s. I think the 90s, they finally updated his look. Yeah. Um, okay. Last you- on mine, and I'm just going to go, oh, look, there's the Immortal Hulk in my stack, too, but that's not it. Because there's another number one relaunch. Yes. That I just, I don't know why, how this escaped my my viewpoint, because I don't think that he's ever written the character before. That's Mark Wade right. tackling Doctor Strange. Yeah. I have no idea. If this is a good book or not. It's a great book. But you know what? He's earned my taking the chance. Whatever Mark Wade, when he goes into a character that I've never seen him write before, he finds something new that I've never thought of before about that character. What's wonderful about the way this book is written is Wade does this narrative over strange undergoing a, a solo crisis. So Strange is not having any dialogue with anybody. He can't talk about it. So Wade and is saying... Do, do as well as everyone expected in the first two weekends? Huh. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a solo crisis. Yes. Okay. So, um, you know, Wade is talking about the magician this and the magician that. And as you see all these things that are happening to Strange as his magic kind of ebbs away. He wakes up one morning and he can't see out of his left eye. He's not, not that he doesn't have vision in it. He can no longer see the spiritual world, which is something they brought out when in the last reboot of the book where he'd go out and he could see all the people, but he could also see all the otherworldly things that exist among us all every day. And he could see when things were attacking people, and he could fight them back, fight, fight them off. So he, with one eye, he can't no longer see it. And the next morning, he wakes up and he can't see with either of the eyes. He's magically blind, um, and it just goes from there. Um, the 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 storyline sounds really intriguing. It's a way they've never taken the the character before. So look forward to it. Like I say, there's uh, I love. I don't think I don't think Mark Wade's written it. It's like Gail Simone. I don't yeah. think they've ever written. They've written stuff that I wouldn't have expected that I would pick up, but I don't think I've ever not liked something they've written. I think that's fair. Okay, so let's go to movies. Uh, I'm hoping that you will find the sound clip in my head, which we're playing Joker's Wild this week, and I'm going to go, Joker, Joker, and a triple. Uh, I thought you wanted me to find you as the weasel. No, 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 no. Uh, Do you remember the game show, Joker's Wild? Oh, I do, I do, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Joker, Joker, Joker. and a triple. Because Warner Brothers announced this week that they're going to develop a solo film for Jared Leto as the Joker, while also confirming they're still going forward with the Todd Phillips, Martin Scorsese, Joker origin film, which is rumored to be Joaquin Phoenix, who would be a good... Joker, that's yeah, not my issue. Yeah. 
Well, that's two different Joker films. Right. And that apparently, and I lost track of this, but apparently so had Jared Leto and Margot Robbie, <laughs> that there's a Joker versus Harley Quinn film, which in addition to Bir- the Birds of Prey movie, which has been fast-tracked and knocked Joker versus Harley Quinn back a little bit, Joker vs. Harley Quinn is why we're not getting Gotham City Sirens, which I didn't have the problem with Jared Leto as the Joker that many did in Suicide Squad. Right. I don't want to see more Joker. I wanted to see a Gotham City Sirens movie. Yes. I want to see a Birds of Prey. Yes. Uh, which will also, I think they also, the Huntress will definitely be there. Black Canary so is Margot Robbie, the Harley and all of them? She's hardly, well, probably not in the origin film, okay. but uh, if she is in Jared Leto's Joker movie, it'd be like Ben Affleck as Batman in Suicide Squad. Right, right. It's one, a thing to remind scene. you that it's all connected until they decide that it's not. Right. And, uh, but anyway, there's three, and it's just, which means also that Suicide Squad 2 has been delayed despite all the cast of Suicide Squad saying, yeah, we're coming back, we're coming back. But I think it's funny that even the actors can't keep straight where they're appearing next. And it just shows the chaos at the same time that, unfortunately, and I don't think there was anything untowards to this, but Diane Nelson stepped down from being head of DC and consumer products uh, this week. So I think she's not the one that was making decisions over the movies, but I think she's done some really good things for the comics and given the right freedom and really helped push television and really done... I think given some structure to Jeff Johns, that Jeff Johns what might not have imposed upon himself if she had not, you know. So um, apparently she took a leave of absence in March, and then she sent a letter this week saying, uh, well, they announced this week she had resigned. She sent a letter thanking the staff of D.C. for being things. But I think that she uh, is going to be a, a loss felt in the comics industry in ways that people aren't, aren't really aware yet. I'm sure someone else will rise. But it's just I just want to acknowledge that passing. I mean, she's fine, <laughs> as far as we know, but that passing from the industry. Marvel is still staying quiet, which I think is brilliant, To uh, movie-wise, that we still don't know really anything past Avengers Infinity, whatever 4 is. And there really hasn't been much about... They Wouldn't produce- it be awesome if they didn't run any ads at all up until the film starts? But, you know, see, this is one of the things. I read an article, that's the complaint about Solo, and we said... And we even complained about that. It's like that they didn't start running ads until after January, and they said it wasn't enough time, which makes me wonder, and again, here we are in our pop culture bubble, do people need almost a I year worth of so. hype? I, I don't think I, so. No, I, I don't know, because I, you know, you know, I, I do know that I certainly had to identify to certain members of my family. I couldn't say Solo. I would have to say uh, Luke, and I are gonna, no, Luke and I are going to go see the new Star Wars film. You had, we had to say that in, so people were aware. But it's so I again I don't know we've we've seen that, I've seen that time and time again where people will ask like Hey is when's this coming out and I'm like next week and they're like What and I'm like You haven't had all those comer- you haven't seen all those commercials I've seen or the trailers and why while I'm at it Why do trailers have trailer trailers for trailers and then announce the beginning of the trailer This is the trailer because of course we know it's the trailer because Okay. Anyway, uh, anyway, or the final trailer. But Sony released the Into the Spider Verse trailer this week, the animated Miles Morales film. Yeah, but it's more. 
that was the surprise that we get Spider Gwen in there. I yeah. think they're going full on Spider Verse, and I'm excited. Well, it, the Spider Man they showed, I think, Older. is 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 not any that we've seen before. Also, in the first trailer they showed, they had Miles visiting Peter Parker's grave. So this could be much like Ultimate Universe. Yeah, yeah. In that. The Peter Parker in his world died. Right. This might be another universe's Peter Parker. And then he goes, there's a glimpse of a room full of Spider-Man costumes. So yeah. basically, they could do what the Spider-Verse in the comics did, which right. said that every Spider-Man is continuity. Right. And you could tie in Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire's. Oh, and then you could say that Tom Holland's is another universe, and that's the one that interacts with the other Marvel heroes. No, I like that idea. Yeah. I love it. And then, yeah. fine, go off on your own thing. The sacrifice this week, uh, but they've noticed that uh, Black Cat and Silver Sable, or is it the other way around, uh, have disappeared from the schedule. So it was originally supposed to be like a year and a half, and it's dropped. So I always thought that was kind of a weak title anyway. I don't think they were bad characters. To no, they're not bad around. characters, but it's a weak title. But I, but I also think there's no recognition. Right, you know, that's out, it. It's the recognition. I mean, which is the thing with Venom. Is there much? I think there's a lot of people that like Venom. There's a lot more for Venom than for Black. I mean, yeah. You know, how many how many Silver Sable T-shirts have you seen? But Venom T-shirts, I've seen tons. You know, it's like. Yeah, I would suspect that at one point graffiti t-shirts did one, Probably. but I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all of Marvel's fabled three thousand plus character <laughs> library has had a t-shirt at some point. Sure. Anyway, uh, so at least I'm looking forward to into the Spider Verse. Warner Brothers counters with they're going to do the prequel we didn't need a prequel to Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory. But their short list of actors to, to lead into a remake are interesting. They've got Ryan Gosling and Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller seems too much like Johnny Depp in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I, I, out of the three, he's the one I'd, I'd pick, but yeah. No. I, yeah. Well, you know, I guess my problem with and Ryan Gosling, okay, yeah. But I'll get to the third in a second. My problem is that the Willy Wonka in the books, his whole thing is I'm older then I look older, you know, is kind of like I is it's the sense of mortality, yeah. Which the Tim Burton version sort of touched upon, but it was too interested in other Tim Burtony things. So, you know, even Gene Wilder, as much as I like Gene, love Gene Wilder in that role, he wasn't old enough to be Willy Wonka the way it was described in the books. So, books being that there is a sequel to Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, right? And right. this is why I think it's funny. It's like. You actually do have two books to pull from. It's true. And you're going to make your own original prequel. It's Hollywood. Are they going to put Tom and Jerry meet Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory into continuity? Don't make the suggestion. Okay, I'm sorry. And Well, it is. It already exists. It's out there. I don't know anybody who's seen it. Thank heavens. Anyway, the third option, which is way out there, but you know what? He can do anything. He said so on Saturday Night Live. Donald Glover is someone they're looking at to play Willy Wonka. And I don't know if he's interested in that kind of stardom, you know, because like the thing where you you referenced Childish Gambino earlier, he's, yeah, he's doing one last tour as Childish Gambino, and then right. he says that's it because he thinks he says his philosophy in art is that everything should have an ending. So my fear is while he's getting really big, 
And finally, people outside of community fans or understand and, and Atlanta fans are understanding who Donald Glover is. Right. Is he's going to go? And by the way, this is the time for that endpoint because I'm like, no, I I just I want this guy to keep going, but he doesn't owe me that. But I would like I, I would like to see him taking but on high profile. We've roles seen like that. he is he is somebody we've seen reinvent himself a couple of times in his mm-hmm. relatively short career. No, I know. And I think and drawing drawing an ending doesn't mean leaving performing. I think he just comes no, up I with understand, a new. But it could at some point. It, it could. Know, it could, and, and, and it might be a smart thing to do. You never know. I mean, I would just like to see him take some roles like this, and yeah, a guy like him who could make like once upon a time Johnny Depp. I don't feel this way about Johnny Depp anymore for a lot of reasons, right. but one is it used to be that when Johnny Depp got into a, into a project. It was a new, weird energy that brought something interesting. Yes. It's been about 10 years since I feel like that's happened. Yeah, I think the first time I was let down was Dark Shadows. There were a lot of reasons why we were let down by that movie. But anyway, uh, so I'd like to see Donald Glover do there. They announced uh, last week that Jamie Foxx has taken the role of Spawn. I saw that. In the Bloomhouse, Todd McFarlane-directed Spawn movie, in which Spawn will act like Swamp Thing and Man Thing. So it's... McFarland keeps saying, I'm not interested in an origin story. And the more I think about it, I, I wasn't bothered one or the other. I think good luck trying to make Jamie Foxx stay in the shadows. But I do like the idea of we don't need an origin story. He's spawned. He's spawned from hell. Yeah. That's all you really need. Yeah. And he's scary if he appears. You don't want to see him. So it's an interesting choice for Jamie Foxx to have made. But we'll see. And it's also interesting because Bloomhouse is also really low budget. That's one of the things that's impressed me about Bloomhouse is they, you know, their movies tend to be under ten million and really effective, and every dollar, as the cliche goes, is up there on the screen, and they really use that money well. And some of their horror films are goofy, but I've never been bored by them. I'll give them that. So that's that. We saw uh, Herbie gets transformed <laughs> this week. The trailer for I okay, I stole uh, fully transformed. I stole that joke from Neil Kaplan. Who's been on the podcast? Uh, Neil Kaplan, who actually was Optimus Prime in one of the, uh, oh, really? in one of the animated series, uh, Robots in Disguise, I think was the subtitle of his. Anyway, uh, yeah, we saw Bumblebee, the solo film that I think is probably being positioned to relaunch entirely, to reboot entirely Transformers. The, the whole Transformers franchise. But really, I saw that trailer and went, up until the moment that the VW bug turns into Bumblebee, it's Herbie fully loaded. It's just Haley Steinfeld instead of Lindsay Lohan. And it's darker. It's, you know, and I'm not just talking about the lighting, but it's still, uh, I have hope. I can't believe that. Not one of the five, not even the first one, offered me hope ahead of time that it was going to be any good. But I guess because I've been so beaten down by how, so, how bad they were, yes. that now... I didn't even see the last one, so I don't know. Maybe someone wants to argue with me that the fifth one was good. I I got Dark Side of the Moon for free with when an with an Android device I bought, and, and I still, still haven't watched it. No, don't. No, actually, that one. That's the second one. Anyway, Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon was the second one, I think. You know, no, that was bad, but that was the one with Leonard Nimoy. Was it? Yeah, I think he was the villain. I didn't see it. I don't know. He's in it. <laughs> it's still on. No, my- no, no, don't worry. The first one actually turned out to be kind of fun, but yeah, they, I saw they the each first. Got, 
progressively less coherent. And then when I saw Age of Extinction, which didn't lead to the Age of Extinction at all. My, my favorite, my favorite scene in the first one is when they're all wandering around outside the house trying to be quiet. No, that was funny. That and that's was what I said. great. It had, and Alan Tudyk was in that. Yeah, and that was great. But like when you got to the third, uh, to Age of Extinction was the fourth one, so we didn't bother with the fifth. I saw Age of Extinction in the theater at a press screening. Prayed that my son would forget that I promised to take him. Is that that's the one that they based the Universal Studios ride on, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of. I think it comes after the third. Okay. Because the Dinobots aren't in uh, the the ride at all. No, they're not in the ride. No. And you know what? They're barely in the movie. And that's what I was going to say is, after being bored by it myself, and I hope my son for, would forget that I told him that I would take him. He did. And then he tricked my mother into paying for it on pay-per-view. Oh. They watched it. And look, if with Transformers and Dinobots... You bored at that time a ten-year-old boy, yeah, who could not have been more the target aimed audience. at. Yeah, you screwed up. Yeah. You just, you know. Oh, so no. anyway, but this Michael Bay is only executive producing. It's a new director. It's just Bumblebee. I'm sure there'll be more, but it looks like there are more in there. But I don't. But Bumblebee and Optimus Prime are about the only two whose names I remember. So I admit, I'm not the target audience for Transformers in the first place. You don't necessarily have an obligation to entertain me. But if you can, it's a bonus. Yes. Because I have this website and this podcast. <laughs> anyway. And you have money. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but my son is past the age, really. I mean, you know, that's, that's the thing now is. But we'll still probably see it. We just don't have to do much more than bu- go to the movies. We don't have to buy the T-shirts and the toys. Right, and- right, right. I still do, but not for him anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Wreck-It Ralph 2 trailer came out this week. Finally revealing the scene that everybody saw at D23. The, the, the princesses, princesses one, which is brilliant. I'm looking forward to that film. And the one that I knew was coming, but I wasn't familiar with the source material. Yeah, I wasn't aware of this franchise, or of this kind of, I guess there's a series of novels. I knew vaguely that it existed. Right. But once I saw the trailer, I thought, well, I'd buy those Hot Wheels. Uh, Mortal Engines, Peter Jackson producing. Uh, the first of what I'll assume would be potentially many films about cities in a post-apocalyptic world that have become mobile killing machines uh, and Hugo Weaving. So it's a young adult novel, too. It's a YA series. Oh, no, no. YA series. There's nothing optimistic about YA series. Well, I, did, I did just recently watch the... Uh, the Death Cure, the last of the uh, Maze Runner uh, oh, movies. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't seen it because I saw the others with my son. And yeah. he said, no, you don't have to take me. And I said, "And that's the worst dad joke I've ever given because I could feel his contempt in the darkness of the theater. Nice. In which I turned to him and just said, I, I bet I know what happens. They cure death. And he didn't appreciate that remark. But, you know, that's another one. Uh, he read the Maze Runner series, loved it. And then didn't like the second one, the Scorch the Trials. Movie. The Scorch Trials. Yeah. Uh, right. He, he, they felt they changed too much. And But now he's older and gets that they do change things in movies right, and you right. treat it differently. But at that time, there was a long period of, you know, he wanted to see what he had read. And which is a fine, go back to the first two Harry Potter movies because that's what those are. Yeah. You know, yeah. literal translations. So uh, I, I'm intrigued by it and... Uh, 
Like I said, I had no idea that that was what it, what it was. I knew it was coming. I'd seen the title. And I was confusing it with the mortal, the really bad YA vampires versus shadow hunters. The right, mortal, right. Uh, mortal uh, coil. Instruments. Mortal instruments. Right. See, so much mortality. Yeah. I'm not happy with it. The only one I want to see is the world's mightiest mortal. So, and I still don't know anything about that. So I'm going to have to mug some other website owners or editors for their hats. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, TV Tonight, Cloak and Dagger has already started on Freeform. First but, three episodes, or the first episode is three hours long, or what is it? I'm sure it's meant to be first three episodes together, but yeah, they'll call it a special movie. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm still trying to catch up on Like I binge-watched Black Lightning finally last week and finished Black Lightning. Oh. Love, love, love that series. I think the Cloak and Dagger could be really good, but then I saw a trailer for Luke Cage season two, and I'm like, well, that's going to take precedence over over Cloak and Dagger, and I still haven't watched Legion this season, and I loved Legion. I've watched, I think, four episodes of Legion so far. I've been trying to get get through that. But I still haven't finished The Flash, but I've yeah. saved that. I watched that with my son, and and I, I'm a season and a half behind on Supergirl. i got to do that, so... I don't know where that time's going to be. It's, I used to like summer for that, but now my my problem is I've decided I'm going to go back and I'm I'm into the second season now of Clone Wars. So I realized right, I need, so I want to go back I need and watch, to go all watch Clone Wars all the way through to watch Rebels because that stuff is starting to be important. That was something the, I was going to. I need do to too. watch all that stuff before the next uh, before the next solo movie. You know it's going to be a Lando movie, don't you know? Whatever. No, it's the okay. next Ray Park movie. No, yes, and you know, as I said, you know, last in the last pocket, I said that's all those like a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Yeah. You're going to see people pop up. I think Alden Ehrenreich will show up in Lando, and I think you're right, and Boba Fett. I saw an online suggestion that the Boba Fett movie should be more about the impact of Boba Fett, hmm. and should do almost like the Spawn thing, which I think is kind of interesting, rather than either prequelize or say it's just like what is the legend of Fett and have him barely appear in his own film because I will say one thing that a problem I have with the with the prequel trilogy is I think it demystified a lot of Boba Fett to see as good as Tamora Morrison was as an actor to see Fett without the helmet suddenly changed everything you know it just kind of it just changed how scary he was to me you mean it diminished? You know? It diminished. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. It, it diminished. I agree. And so let it be. And if and if and if it is just a son, if you're going to pull a Ray Park, uh, not to diminish Ray Park's skills, you get somebody who's a good fighter to just be scary. They're not all going to be the reward that Dave Batista turned out to be. You know, yeah. the, and good for Batista. But I can remember you know, when he was just like the mindless alien. Assassin on Smallville right. that nobody expected, you know, and it was like, oh, WWE's Bautista guests on Smallville, and you go, yeah, that was a joke, but he turned out to be great. But yeah, anyway, that's my thought. Now, here's a movie TV crossover, which is that the cast of Teen Titans Go is saying that if Teen Titans Go to the movies does well. There is talk internally about letting them revive the original serious anim- or more serious animated version and deliver the season six because it sort of ended on a cliffhanger, too. We're talking about... Of Teen Titans. 
right. the, the original Teen Titans show, not Teen Titans Go, which is still going strong on Cartoon Network. Which was the one that... It was uh, the Aqualad character was... That's Young Justice, which, Young is, Justice, going to, right, right, yeah. which is going to DC Universe. And I would suspect... Imagine my confusion. Oh, yeah. I would suspect... Different styles, though. Oh, and that's totally what's confusing, different styles. confusing about Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Right. All the same voice cast. Yes. Done very chibi style originally. Anyway, it wasn't a huge stretch to make them silly looking. Right. But it had a continuity and a drama that while it was a lighter show than, say, Justice League Unlimited had been and that the Timverse had been, it still had a very compelling, you know, they did their version of the Judas Contract. And so I, I know that they did a Trouble in Tokyo, I think, is the movie they did after season five, after they announced they'd canceled it. But it's, I, I have it somewhere. It's like a, it was released direct to video. And it still leaves a lot of stuff open. So Teen Titans Go has just been considered kind of separate. So, you know, it would be nice to see the revival. With all these things reviving and the cast still there, still into the characters and still able to do it, I think we should see it happen. So, uh, we had a visitor who said, what are you guys doing recording so late? And I think he's right. So, I, I don't have any more TV-wise to say. Uh, thank you all for listening. Again, you can write in if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism. Write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And if you're interested in being, if you have a, uh, a product or something that you or an event that you'd like to advertise on the podcast, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com, and we can discuss fees. We can, and we... Uh, I think up front we forgot to mention we'll even produce the ad, help you you know produce the ad yep. to go with the podcast. So let's talk and thanks so much again. Until the next time, I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your powers, powers for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.